I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast. And I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. Hello and welcome to the first pediatric research podcast of 2013, hosted by me, Charlotte Stoddart. In this show, Louise Peterson from the Copenhagen Prospective Study on Asthma in Childhood tells us how she's using data from this study to investigate the link between omega-3 and obesity. Happy New Year! Did you make any resolutions? Perhaps you're trying to eat more healthily in 2013. Well, don't forget your omega-3, especially if you're breastfeeding. Omega-3 is a polyunsaturated fatty acid. It's found in oily fish, and you can buy it in supplements. We know it's good for the brain, but some studies also link it to body composition and obesity. Louise Peterson wanted to know if the concentration of omega-3 in a mother's breast milk could affect her child's physical development perhaps predisposing her child to obesity in later life. Most research believe that the time, the period of infancy, is a critical period in regard to fat cell development and fat tissue development. So therefore it's a critical period in regard to different nutritional factors which could influence this uh, fat cell development. That's, that's sort of the basic behind why we thought that this period could be interesting to look at. Tell us about the um, cohort study that you um, used to get your data. It's basically a cohort that's been designed not, for, not because we wanted to look at uh, breast milk and growth. It's uh, it designed to look at uh, early uh, factors uh, which could have an influence on the development of asthma and atopy. So this is like a, a nested study. Right, and you had information on the um, composition of the mother's breast milk and then you had measurements of the children's BMI, body mass index, from the ages of what? Uh, we examined the body composition in the children from the age of two years to the age of seven years. And we had data on BMI every six months. So that gives us a total of like 14 BMI measurements. Then we have the DEXA scan. The DEXA is sort of a full body scan that will tell you uh, something about your fat mass or your total body fat mass expressed in grams. What overall trend did you find? What associations did you find? We found that the children, because what we did in, in breast milk, we measured the omega-3 and the omega-6. And then we found that 
for the children with a high omega-3 content in breast milk had lower BMI from the age of 2 to the age of 7 compared to children with lower uh, omega-3 in uh, breast milk. So high omega-3 in the mother's diet seems to be protecting um, her child against obesity. Is that right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, that's like, well, that, that's what we sort of concluded from our findings. We did not, however, have... There were like very, very few obese children in our cohort. Uh, but, but, so we just saw that it had an effect on the BMI. Right. And, and can you draw any conclusions about what this means for obesity in later life, in adulthood? Well, we believe that it, it does exert a protective effect against the development of uh, obesity in adulthood. Because we know that, I mean, previous studies have shown us that obesity in, in childhood is a... Uh, strong predictor for obesity in adulthood as well. So we believe that uh, the high omega-3 will have a lasting protective effect, not only in adulthood, but also in adolescence and in the adults. Can you be sure that the children's BMI was down to the composition of the mother's breast milk, down to omega-3 in the mother's breast milk, rather than down to genetic factors or the child's diet or some, some other factor? No, we can't. And that's like, uh, I believe that's the, the, the great limitation of the study here because it is an, a, what we call an observational study. Um, we did not have like randomized uh, study like other groups have. So we, we do not know whether we actually found a uh, omega-3 mediated effects or, or whether the omega-3 in breast milk is just a parameter for other dietary or lifestyle choices uh, in the mother as well as in the children. So, so we do not know. I mean, of course, we tried to adjust for different factors that we had. We had income and also and other socioeconomic factors that we tried to adjust our analysis for. What would you like to do next then to try to verify your finding? Well, we are currently running a second cohort um, by the same research team, and this cohort consists of seven hundred women and the children. And actually, here we have randomized the women in two groups uh, during during pregnancy, where one group was giving daily omega-3 supplementation and the other group was given placebo and uh, we are currently now assessing growth in much the same way as we did in the old cohort with regular BMI registrations and body mass fat um, by the DEXA scan and uh, so we, we hope obviously to verify our results in this cohort by looking at the difference in growth between the two randomized groups. Have, um, have mothers' diets changed significantly in the last few decades? It has changed. I mean, uh, we've seen that in the diet, uh, omega-3 has decreased. The content of omega-3 has decreased. And uh, the content of omega-6, the other uh, polyunsaturated fatty acid, has increased. In other words, we eat less fish now than we did before, and we eat more meat and uh, meat and, and dairy products. So it definitely has decreased in the Western, Western society. That's what we speculate, that if this change in dietary habits of uh, women, uh, lactating women, if it could be a contributing factor to the increased prevalence of obesity in children that we've seen today. Obesity is a, a very well-recognised um, problem in the developed and the developing world now. Um, I mean, how much of a contribution do you think omega-3 in the mother's diet is making to this obesity epidemic, as people call it? Very little compared to, compared to all the sedentary lifestyle and compared to all the, uh, the food that 
kids and uh, young people eat today. It, it might be a contributing factor, but not a big contributing factor. Nevertheless, you think it's very important that mothers do eat enough um, foods rich in omega-3. It's, it's significant enough to give that advice to mothers. I think, it, yeah, but not just because of the growth in the children, but also because of all the other uh, beneficial effects that omega-3 does have on other uh, biological functions, uh, the immune system and on the brain development and etc. etc. Louise Peterson talking to me from her home in Denmark. You'll find her paper on breast milk and childhood growth at the Pediatric Research website. That's nature.com forward slash PR. The next podcast will be out on March 21st. Until then, it's goodbye and thank you from me, Charlotte Stoddart. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you acast powers the world's best podcasts here's a show that we recommend The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.